Buenvenidos, el Radio Electricas de la Cerveza Artesanal. This is episode 203 on 27th of January 2012. Welcome <laughs> to Graph Your Radio. Yeah, I was going to try to do Japanese. Uh, yeah. You had the hand signals down in the back. Konnichiwa, konnichiwa. Konnichiwa, yes. Uh, the reason I did the intro in Spanish, well, we're doing an Argentinian beer to start off with. Yes, barley yeah. wines this week. If this, we'll start out with this one, I guess. This is the Simpatico from uh, Anteras in Argentina. It's a, uh, a barley wine, uh, 10% alcohol by volume. It is uh, from their website, which is in Spanish, but Spanish is close enough to English that I can kind of make it out. Uh, caramel malts, Cascade hops, and uh, a I think this is a European yeast they're talking about. And um, the rest is is somewhat Greek, but... Or Spanish. Sturo u un bien cigarro. Does that mean this... It's good with cigars. It's good with cigars, yeah. Yes. Bien. Muy bien. The color is a Very light clear. amber. Very clear. Very clear. Freckle beer. It's got thin head. For these high alcohol beers, I would mm. expect nothing less, or really nothing more. <laughs> this one is 10% ABV. It is from uh, Mar del Plata in Argentina. And this will be my first Argentine beer. Argentine yeah. beer. Argentinian. Argentinian. If you're wondering where Argentina is, because I needed to, I, I wouldn't make sure because I looked on the bottle they have. Oh. <laughs> it, it's it's uh, basically if you know where Chile is on on the uh, left side of South America, uh, Argentina is essentially the, the yeah. right side yeah, on the, the bottom. Yeah, it's the uh, southern point, southernmost Atlantic side country, and it covers most of the skinny part. Oh, that darn stink bug is still around here, and it's wrecking my aroma. It's almost like my glass smells more than the um, the surrounding air. There was a stink bug in the pre-show. I don't smell it at all. This cilantro smell, but I smell it more in my glass. I wonder if I drank the damn thing. It's a it's a malty aroma, as you might expect. Yeah, a little a little a little sweet. Um, how do how would I put that? Uh, Toffee, yeah. Big uh, big heavy mouthfeel. Mm-hmm. It's got nice viscosity to it. The end is a bit of a molasses, a, a sort of a really dark molasses kind of. Uh, it's a little bit of a bite. Okay. Yeah, I'd say that, um, you know, from the first sip of a barley wine, I was expecting something with a little more mouthfeel. Uh, but this one seems like it, it fermented out a little bit thinner than, you know, what I would expect from an English-style barley wine in particular. Um, it almost seems like uh, a little bit of a, a fortified beer, you know, one with like some you know, adjuncts added some some table sugar, something mm-hmm. to ferment out because it has a little bit of that that cidery finish. It's a little hot, 
Um, right. So they might have added some some non barley fermentables to this thing. In general, uh, it, it's enjoyable. It's it's a it's a big beer, uh, and this is a big bottle. This is a big seven fifty milliliter bottle, yeah. and it has one of those, it's a wide mouth. So we're not gonna be able to recap this puppy. Oh, really? we have those vine- the the cork things. Yeah. So we'll be able to use one of those. Never mind. I was gonna say we're gonna have to finish this, but uh, we got those cork things for it. So green bottle. Queen, shouldn't hop. shouldn't matter much. Not a big hop. Yeah, beer. there's not very many hops in the beer. Well, you know, there you need a fair amount of IBUs to balance. Yeah, it, so. that's true. And and the problem is not so much the amount of hops. It's 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 because we've talked about this before. the The amount that it takes to ruin a beer is one part per billion. Mm-hmm. So that's no, that's the part that's detectable. Yeah, that well, that's to ruin it. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I would say several parts per billion to, to ruin it. <laughs> Maybe like five or six. Okay. So five or six in a billion. Mm-hmm. Not one. Your numbers That's are... That's like 500% what you said. <laughs> is this enjoyable? Um, like I said, it's a thin body barley wine to me. But the flavors are good, and like I mentioned, it does taste a little, a little cider, a little hot in the fish. But really, it's not that bad. The more I drink it, it's um, it, but it's different. It's not like a barley wine to me because of that mouthfeel no, no, of the it, body. It, it, it tastes barley wineish to me. Um, it would remind you know what it reminds me. It reminds me more of um, one of those big lagers like the the EKU. You know that like, you know. 15, 18% type of lager beer. I can't think it's been a long time since I've had it. It reminds me more of that, like in the the way the alcohols vaporize. Yeah, because, I mean, it's true that the, the, the alcohol is, is coming coming loose at the end, right? And that's the problem, is that it's not staying with the malt. Um, usually the, the malt kind of sticks with the alcohol, and it just, in, instead of becoming, like Jeff said, cidery, it, 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 it will just, it, it'll get dry. But the alcohol is kind of coming off, and, and then the the malt is fading away, so you have cidery, maybe vodka. Like, yeah, so I think the beer that it reminds me from is the uh, like the EKU twenty eight. It's a Doppelbach from Kulmbacher. Um However, that gets a really good score in Beer Advocate, and the Brothers rated as a hundred. So I don't the trust their. I don't trust the Beer Advocate rating. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, not for everything, but. Uh, you know, the beer I'm remembering wasn't really that awesome. Anyway, it tastes to me like one of those big European lagers. So I wonder where in Argentina this is, this is made. There's a lot of... It says uh, Mar de Plata, but I don't know where that is. We have this thing called the internet, so if you can fill some dead air, I will tell you. All right. This is imported from exclusive brand imports in in Washington, so that means you're likely to get it more in the northwest corner of the country than you are to get it around here. I don't know where Jeff particularly got it from. This um, was a beer, I believe Mike Beatty bought this one, brought this one to, remember that barley wine festival thing I had a couple yes. years ago, and everyone I asked to bring up, we didn't get around drinking it, and this was one of them. Okay. And it was the first and last time I've seen 
this particular Argentinian beer from what's Cerveceria Artisanal or Antares. Let's just La Cerveceria Antares. All right, so let me zoom out here a lot because it showed me a street level <laughs> view of the city. And it's in the northern part of, actually, it's on the northern border of Argentina on the coast, um, just north, south of Uruguay. There's a big cove there, and it's right in there. So it's in it's, that. It, actually, it's. Uh, it's just, like here? Like in this. Um, a little bit. Oh, it's a suburb of Buenos Aires. Um, yeah, right up there. It says, yeah, in a little. Um, yeah, dead, call it a cove or, or a cape, but an yeah. inland cape. Yeah. I mean, I think we should just say it's a suburb of Buenos Aires. And it's actually under the A or the T in that picture, so. Okay. Cool. I always, so there, I always liked Argentina. I just like the idea of Argentina. I just want to go there. <laughs> I don't, uh, it's not beer-related or anything, but I've always wanted to travel to well, Argentina. There's the Amazon right there was, far as there, right? I mean... Yeah, yeah. That I think Brazil's mostly Amazon. I'm not sure about Argentina, but I was thinking... And it's not really like the Cowboys, or it's not the, the Che Guevara motorcycle diaries or anything. I don't know. I just always like the idea of traveling to Argentina for some reason. I'd like to go to Chile mostly because I really want to see the um, those telescopes they have up there. Oh, okay. You know, they have some, some wonderful telescopes over there on the coast. Well, Chile is all coast, right? <laughs> when I was uh, on that beer cruise up in Alaska, just one more really short aside. Please allow us one little distraction here, listeners. Oh, cruise ships. That's something we want to talk about. Oh, we can talk about the post show. Uh, when I was on that beer cruise up in Alaska, the tour bus driver in Juneau would spend his summers in Alaska. In his winters, he would go to Argentina. Huh. I'm like, that's awesome. Always having summer. Never having winter. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Or you could just live in Florida. But then you wouldn't go to Argentina once again. No. <laughs> and you'd also be infected with crazy, because that's apparently what happens in Florida. Hey, now, save your opinions for the post-show. Look, I'm just saying, Fark, you know Fark.com, <laughs> they have a category just for Florida. <laughs> All right. Let's not offend any of our Florida listeners, even though I don't think I know of any offhand. Well, I don't think they'd be offended. I think that anyone who lives in Florida would, be, would probably be like, yeah. There's a lot of crazies here. All right. <laughs> a lot of Back crazies. on topic. We just finished up the Simpatico from Argentina. And we have one other foreign country from a, a country that I'm not sure I've had. Yeah, I've had beers from Denmark before, but let's do this. This is the Old Odin's, Odinsens, or Odin's Ale from... Oh, goodness. Norgbrook. I think it's like Cyrillic. If we try to say it, it's not going to be right. Uh, It's um, a Denmark beer. It's an interesting-looking bottle because it's kind of stout and short. And it's... Uh, I'm looking on their website, and they uh, this beer is no longer in production. It's so the, uh, I don't see anything on from their website. Copenhagen. Copenhagen. 7.5% ABV. Wonderful. Whoa, 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 whoa. Some, some, something fishy is going on here, Greg. Why? Because I thought this was uh, barley wine. I'm pretty sure this, this was a, delivered to the barley wine also. But this is an herb the, spice beer. A Danish sour gruet ale based on a 15th century recipe and first brewed with San Caligione of Dogfish Head in June 2007. 
What? Smoothly sour and complex herbal character. Um, what? You're in the wrong show, buddy. You are. Uh, ale brewed with star anise, blackthorn berries, maple syrup, and herbs. Bring it on. You want to bring it on or you want to drink it last? Let's drink it last. Yeah, let's drink it last. <laughs> Yikes. Okay, so we're moving on to North America. <laughs> That's wonderful. Wow. I had no idea what that was. It's been sitting in the cellar for like two, almost three years now. Man. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, so another beer that's been sitting in the cellar for many years. This is Doggy Claws from Hair of the Dog Brewing. Uh, Brian Greenwood from Portland was the proud donator of this beer. West Coast Barling Wine. 11.5% alcohol by volumes. IBUs 70. 7-0. Produced in September and October. Released in November. So, uh, Hair of the Dog had at one time one of my favorite beer. One time, what I would what I called my favorite beer, which Adam. was Adam. Uh, their other beers have since eclipsed Adam, but Adam's still very good. Adam is a uh, old ale. Yep, Adam Fred from the Wood. Fred or another very good one. Actually, you know, we have not had very many Hair of the Dog beers. They don't make many. But I we- mean, Ruth, Adam, Fred, and Doggy Claws. No, they make more than that. That's what they said on their on their website. That's what they have. Really? Yeah. Uh, there's there's been a, there's actually been one or two more that we've had from that. Um, we haven't had Ruth, but let's just not talk about our history. Let's talk about this beer that is in the glass right now. It pours a, a darker dark. color than the last one. It's um, hazy. Cannot see your finger on the other side except for the very bottom of this. Uh, we're using these coarsened on Christmas glasses. These are, oh, what would you call that? Egg shaped. Yeah, it's a tall, you know, it, it's a tall, slender. Um, Not so slender. Gob- it's it's, well, it, it's, it's like it's a, more slender than a goblet. I was yeah. like, I was trying to modify a goblet to describe this, and it's a slender goblet. Well, I like egg shape. It's egg shape, yeah. but then you cut off the top of the egg, and there you go. That's an aroma that'll wake you up compared to the last one. I mean, it's just barley. It's it's it's, it's also kind of a creamy hop, right? I mean, it's like if you if you mix hops and 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 cream together or something. There is some hop character still in there, and which is kind of insane, being that it is uh, five years old mm-hmm. or almost six years old. You have a lot of these, don't you? Or you have a lot of Freds. We have a few more Freds. Yeah, yeah, I don't have any more doggy claws after this. I get what you're saying where you said it was creamy. There, There's something there that is a little... I'm being very careful in how do I describe this because, you know, where my brain is starting is off milk or soured milk. But I really didn't want to say that, right? Yeah, so right. I wanted to, I wanted the powder, I wanted to perfume it up a little bit before I said that, but because it's not gross and bad. But there's something reminiscent of a, a, a yogurty, yeah, type, yeah. yogurty, something like that. Just the aroma. And if I was trying to figure out how the hops and the malts are playing into that, I would say you know maybe it's something, you know, pretty resinous like, uh, um. Columbus warrior, you know, playing with the barley malts. What do you got? I, I tasted it. 
Okay. <laughs> With the yogurt? I'm I'm still trying to figure out what the heck I tasted. Because that is um, a departure. It, it's not carbonated much at all. Yeah, it's very, very... Uh, you know, it's it, very mellow in the carbonation, almost watery, aqueous. It's full-bodied. It's not a thin beer. Yeah. But because the carbonation is so low on this thing, it, it does have this water character to it. It doesn't taste like yogurt or anything to me. It doesn't taste like yogurt, but it does have a... <sighs> I'm trying, again, trying to say something without it sounding horrible, Mm -hmm. but it has a vegetably quality that is somewhat reminiscent of decay. And I don't know how to put that in in a good way. Yeah, I'm not sure I'm really getting that. I mean, the, for me, uh, I'm going to start from the beginning on the flavor. It, it, you know, there's not a lot of fizz on it, so it tastes a little flat still. But there is this huge um, caramel, and not really caramel, but maybe... Oh, I don't know if there's some... They're melanoids, but I really can't think of a food that's just like it. I mean, it tastes like this beer was boiled for two hours or more just a lot of kettle caramelization on this beer there, there's a lot of that there you know there's something that's reminiscent of those stone beers that we've had right where the you, you, you the stone gets is cooked in stone mm-hmm. and oh. stone is cooked in there oh, and it gets caramel yeah. okay yeah. so you mean like a uh, stein beer or something like yeah that. right um but yeah not like stone the brewer but yeah, it's like yeah yeah i think hot stone i think i think beer. you know if you try to like i said i can't think of a food that tastes like maybe maybe like a hard caramel like you know instead of like a Werther's butterscotch think what like a Werther's caramel would be like you know I think that's kind of um what my you know just something but just, this is gonna turn people off but I have to say it because it's what's coming to mind um there's a flavor in here that's reminiscent of a smell that I used to get when cleaning my turtles tank awesome so you know that's what comes to mind that's what flashes in my mind that's why i thought of decay that's yeah, why yeah I, I, I mean yeah maybe there's just something there that because you have a negative memory of a you know small part uh, maybe it's a small part of the flavor mm-hmm. or the aroma and you have a negative memory it's it's making a bigger impression on you than right. it would be for me it's really thick um feeling <laughs> here it's it, it it coats you um, the alcohol isn't as apparent as you might think. No, no, it's it's kind of sneaky because it even being a still beer, it, it's not really showing out, showing up. Yes, I would say kind of cask-like in in in, in terms of how it tastes, carbonated white. It, it may have lost some over the years. I don't think Hair of the Dog has changed their website from. It does not look like they've changed from when their we started. It, yes, we started the show in two thousand five. Do they still? Yeah, they still have the vintage guides there for a couple of the beers, which they probably haven't updated in forever. They have a yeah. fax number on their website. They have, updated, a fax they, have a, they last updated the vintage guide 
in 2003. <laughs> and to give you an example, on, on their site, they, they talk about something in summer 2007 that they're now organic. So, hmm. Haven't been to Portland, so the only hair of the dogs we've been able to try is uh, ones that listeners have sent in to us. Dead air. Lots of dead air. I wish you could get that Tibby flavor out. (laughs) (laughs) Your turtle. Tibby was a a painted turtle. Um, Sort of a pond Mm -hmm. turtle. Um, That I caught when I was probably 16. It was about the size of a bottle cap, maybe a little bit larger. Mm-hmm. And he grew to be about the size of my fist. And he lived just a year, couple of years ago, huh? Yeah, he died uh, one or two years ago, yeah, something like that. One time we were down for Saver, went to Greg's house, and Greg was having his, uh, what he thought to be his final farewell with Tippy. I don't know if it was your final farewell or not, farewell or not but... It's a turtle, I didn't really... <laughs> Still, you had it for... Good ten years. Well, my parents well, had it. I, okay. you know, I kept it with my parents. They, were, they kept it, right? So, you know, I, I turned out not to have it for very long. They they had it for ten years, and I had it for a year. Visited, yeah. It's like Heather. Real oh, too many sides. We'll talk about Heather's cat in the post show, but the cat is like one of the oldest age cats on record, and it just will not die. And it's still at my mother in law's house. It's insane. (laughs) Cat's 20-something. Still got things to do, that cat. (laughs) It's morbidly obese, its teeth are rotten, and it keeps on kicking. Go kitty. Does it eat lasagna? It does not. Okay, so... Oh, you're still working on the beer. So, um... Any beery things to talk about? Oh, Sierra Nevada picked uh, Asheville for their East Coast Brewery this week. Okay. That's interesting news for beer geeks. I mean they picked Ashfield for their for so their they were looking at sites to uh put out a, to build an East Coast brewery. Oh, okay. Sierra Nevada. Oh, all and right. they chose I, I, they chose I thought it was like, oh, they, oh. they they pick various areas for fun. <laughs> no, they no, they uh they decided to build a brewery in Asheville. Okay, so that should make Sierra Nevada brews cheap around here. Yeah, well, yeah, it's it's not a bad drive actually. Asheville's an awesome town and uh yeah, I mean, they wanted an East Coast presence, and they wanted a town similar to where they're at now, Chico. And, and really, Asheville is, is a very eclectic town. So it's pretty... Uh, and actually, you know, uh, New Belgium is also looking for an East Coast brewery. Hmm. They're looking for a place to put an East Coast brewery. Same kind of thing, you know, because uh, Fort Collins is another pretty eclectic town. So. But I don't think we'll see, like, we won't see the, the barrel-age stuff. Because that's all taking place in there. Yeah, you don't know. I mean, maybe in 20 years when, you know, New Belgium East is, you know, well-established, maybe they'll get some photos there too, right? You never know. Yeah. All right, so let's move on to the next beer. Three Floyds has a beer called Behemoth. This is their barley wine. This particular one is purple wax, which means it is a 2008 release. 10.5%, or sorry, 12.5% alcohol by volume, served in a big 750 milliliter bottle. 
January release, 80 IBUs. <clears throat> they say 10.5 on their website, and they say 12.5 on Beer Advocate. So I'm not sure which one this is. Uh, the label does not appear to have such information. But it has a map to the brewery. <clears throat> Another um, hobby one, this one. Three Floyds is an interesting brewery visit because they, they don't distribute in the area, but they seem like a big brewery because of, you know, Dark Lord days and all the thousands of people that go there. Right. But when you actually go to, maybe it's the way the brewery's laid out, but when you actually go there to the, the restaurant and the pub and the breweries behind it, it seems like, you know, a relatively small brewery. And, uh, you know, small breweries can do lots of big things. Uh, but, you know, I just had this impression of Three Floyds being a little more factory-like. Not not like New Belgium, right? Because we toured right. the New Belgium brewery. Not not like that. But I expected something a little more Flying factory. Dog? Like? Definitely not Flying Dog. I mean, neither, neither of those. Flying Dog's in a really big brewery. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're, not, they're, not, and they're not operating to, you know, at capacity, right, yet. Um, I was expecting something in between that and, you know, your, your normal small microbrewery that's in an industrial space. And... Uh, and it, it actually, it seemed on the small side. I was like, whoa, you know, Three Floyds and all the stuff Three Floyds does comes out of here. And it was like a little surprised by the, the maybe maybe it was a really deep lot. And there was a whole bunch of stuff I couldn't see <laughs> behind the restaurant. But uh, just by my impression, I was like, huh, tinier place than I thought. One of the uh, great breweries in Munster, Indiana. So Three Floyds typically, well, this is hard to say. The owners of Three Floyds are English, right? So you would think that they would have English style in their running through their veins, but you know they're pretty hoppy. They're they're hop heads. Yes, um, not just Alpha King and Dreadnought, but when I, you know, they had um, Arctic Panzer Wolf or something. I don't know all these crazy triple IPAs when I went there, and if I remember right, Bohemoth when it's a fresh. IPA is quite American, quite hoppy. And this is a 2008, like Greg had said, with the purple wax. Hmm. It smells still pretty hoppy. I can. There, there's a distinctness between the hops and the malts, and the hops are still pretty strong at, for a four-year-old beer. So... I'm having this weird... This weird sensation when I'm working on the aroma here. And let me see if I can express it verbally. It's not quite as, as milky, you know, yogurty as, as the last one, but I'm getting a tiny bit of that. But it, what I'm getting is almost the, let's say the false impression of sulfuriness. Like, okay, so... You're, you like you like using visual analogies when talking about flavors. So you know when you stare at a picture, mm -hmm. and you take the picture away, you see the inverse, right? You know, I am thinking that like because I'm smelling the hops on this side, the malt on this side, that it's like the negative picture of some kind of DMS or something. Okay. And and I'm smelling that. It, I don't know. It's just like that's what. Is happening. Interesting. So you're smelling the, the the lack of DMS as a sort of DMS. It's like it's like okay. It's like 
like a hole, like the quantum mechanics yeah, idea. Like of I'm a smelling hole. the I'm smelling the absence of something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of what I'm. I'm just trying to verbalize what my brain is telling me. No, you know, I took a whiff and it. It's just a, a this one is a has a more toffee, you know, a barley type flavor. It's it's a little darker. You know, think of a very rustic crust with a little bit of toffee in there. Mm. So I'm having a hard time just kind of pulling it apart. It's it's so meshed together to me, the hops and the malt, and I'm trying to pull them apart to analyze, and it's it's not coming very easily. Oh, I like the flavor. Good balance to it. There's enough. the The malt isn't too sweet. The bitterness is a nice balance. It kind of scrubs your palate. It's not boozy. Actually, it's kind of scary how not boozy it is. You, you know what the the thing this has is is there. There's a deepness here. There's mm-hmm. a there's a real kind of at at the end of the malt. It kind of pushes towards a a heavy bread kind of flavor. Mm-hmm. Uh, as yeah, opposed that to, rustic bread really yeah. carries through everything. As opposed to like going toffee-like, so sweet or sugary. It kind of goes, it just keeps going bready. I, I, think, I think that's a testament, and I'm going to have to praise the balance in this beer. Mm-hmm. There is enough bitterness to drive it through and not get sweet and cloying or anything like that. But it's not bitter. I mean, uh, the balance on this is superb. It's been a while since we've had a behemoth, and we've done it in other barley wine verticals. And if I recall, we didn't appreciate it as much as some of the other ones. And, I mean, this is is superb. This is really something very good. Uh, This has... I I really am enjoying that punch at the end because it, it's something that you don't normally get. You know, barley wines tend to be flavorful and interesting, but they don't have that extra something. And this has an extra something at the end. It has a story. Mm-hmm. It tells you a little bit of a story. It gives you a push at the end. You know, John defeated the princess or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> what else to say? I, I'm really enjoying how... The balance. I am in awe of of the balance deployed in this beer. It, it it's a lot of bitterness, but it 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 stopped just in time. Yes, it, yeah, it doesn't stay on the tongue. It's this kind of bitter weight. Uh, I think that extra. I keep thinking of it as a push. I, 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 I think of the beer. Imagine the other barley wines as tube socks, and this one is a crew <laughs> sock, right? So the other ones are just tubes, and this one has a. Twist at the end and it pushes yeah. it towards in, in a different direction. See, I was thinking more. You know, I'm thinking more of weights and counterweights, right? And the, and then the, the the bitterness is the is the balance, the counterweight to the, the hops. And you, the analogy doesn't falls apart there, but it's like it's just expertly deployed to do so. Maybe maybe harmonics would be, have a better analogy because it you, know, you can see it's more you know has to be more perfectly in balance. I'm going to talk about tube socks in the post-show. So There's a out. teaser that'll get the listeners in. <laughs> We're going to talk about tube Freaking socks. Freaking tube socks. 
Never know what's going to work for uh, getting more listenership to the post show. Maybe it will be the Tube Socks. Maybe it'll be Tube Sock Radio. As far as I know, there's no podcast about socks. <laughs> Have you done any research on that? One? No. I've not done a single bit of research, but it it would surprise me if there were a sock podcast. What, well, there may be one with sock in the name, but I'm saying one specifically oh, about... Dedicated yes. to craft socks and the craft socking industry. I don't know about craft necessarily, but at least <laughs> testing the different varieties of socks there are. They're just making a play on our original slogan, that's all. <laughs> Yeah, so this is probably the second or third time. I think the third time we've had Behemoth on the show. And the third time we have Behemoth? I've, I I don't remember ever having this beer. I'm pretty sure this is the third time. Let's do a quick search. Hmm. And we've had three Floyds if I can spell a fair Bohe- amount. If I can spell Behemoth. It's not Bohemoth, it's Behemoth. B-E-H-E-M-O. B-H-E-Moth. Behemoth. Um, oh, this might be the fourth time. The fourth time? <laughs> oh, no, no. One of the posts was our top ten beers. Oh, yeah. So we must have liked it because uh, it was somebody's uh, number four beer in 2009. Waiting for the link. Waiting for the link. <laughs> Dead air. Awesome radio. Man, Crafty Radio is so slow. Yeah, what's up with the website on that show? <sighs> I think we just need to, like, delete everything and start over part of me once there's just too many files to port over to something new uh let's talk about the beer we'll see if this link ever loads i'm still trying to to figure to figure more out about the beer it's it's got so much interesting quality and character to it but i find myself having a hard time describing barley wines as much as i do other beers because they, they they're kind of muddy sometimes in flavor. They they're there's not as much distinct things you can pull out. It's sweet, maybe a little bit hoppy. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's kind of. I find it does tax my vocabulary a little bit. Uh, you know, one like this is pretty good, and uh, you know, just throw a little bit more in there. The more I drink it, the bitterness is starting to stand up a little more. My last couple of sips, I've been like, oh, there's some grapefruit in there, you know. So it's. My tongue's kind of getting used to the sweetness, and it is getting a little more t- tangy and tart. But I'm not taking away from how much I enjoyed it. It's still a nice ex- drinking experience for sure. Um, oh, maybe it wasn't us who ranked. This was a listener's forum post, so someone thought the Behemoth was really good, and that was Chris. Okay, not us. But still the third time we've had it on the show. See, my memory is golden. Especially when it comes to my kids. Because they're stealing my memory from everything else. Alright, so now we move on to the not barley wine. It sounds good to me. What we thought was a barley wine. But no, it has Tom... Or Tom. Sam Calagione's fingers all over it. Hmm. Hmm. I'm trying to think. I know I've had other beers from Denmark. Is uh, McKellar from Denmark? 
have to hop on the internet. I'm not sure. I don't see anything on Craft Beer Radio about Behemoth. I just did a search, and we had it in... Uh... Oh, jeez. We didn't have it. We never had Behemoth before. No, we have had Behemoth. I don't know. Maybe, Maybe you spelled it wrong? Probably. Probably put a couple extra O's in there or something. Because I like saying Behemoth. Anyway, this is horrible radio. You have a beer in front of you? Yes. Let's get on topic. Old Odense Ale. That does not smell like a barley wine. Well, no, it's a Danish sour, so... <laughs> With peppers and, and other things. Uh, this is a Shelton Brothers import, but you're not going to be able to find it anymore. It's not brewed anymore. Oh, the aroma on this guy, it's... It's pretty good. It's... 7.5% alcohol by volume. There's the herbs, the herbs. Is there juniper in there? I think there's some juniper. I don't know. It smells wonderful. Let's see what I can find on the old interwebs. Go talk about it. If I wasn't at a loss for words. So I think there's some kind of juniper or other kind of foresty... Nor Scandinavian type character to the spicing, um, maybe some wintergreen actually. Okay, here we go. Here's the information from Dogfish Head site. Green included pale and dark barley malt, oats, fine syrup, maple syrup from Sam's dad's farm in Massachusetts, smoked dark syrup, fir branches and bark, wood sage. Hyssop, I don't even know what hyssop is. Black thornberries, woodruff, and star spice, says star anise. Woodruff, huh? That's the stuff that they put in Berliner Weiss, that green syrup that they put in Berliner Weiss? Really? Yeah, that's right. That might be what I'm smelling. I, it's been a, I normally take my Berliner Weiss straight, right? And every once in a while, if a place has woodruff, I'll, I'll give it, maybe I'll take some on the side, just, just to you know, drink it you know, traditionally. But I, want, I want the tang. If you're so smelling juniper, it's probably one of these flowers, these hyssop flowers. Okay. I'm not a gin drinker, so I might not be smelling juniper. Smelling juniper. I'm not 100% sure. <laughs> juniper berries are... Yeah, I'm, I'm not a huge gin drinker either. I don't... I, I think gin has too much stuff going on. The aroma on this thing is wonderful, but the one concern I have from the aroma is that it smells like it's going to be a cloying sweet beer, doesn't it? Doesn't it smell like, oh, this is going to be sweet, too sweet? Crazy. Well, it depends on how much the sour is there, right? I mean, sure. The sour would, would be there to cut the sweet, and so we'll see. Well, you're right. I'm not really drawing final judgment. I'm just talking about, you know, it smells like it's going to be sweet. Let's see if it is. Hopefully it's not. It's not sweet. It isn't sweet. Oh, that's awesome. You got this in your cellar for how long? <laughs> At least three years. Oh, <laughs> boy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, let's say, wow. There's sure. there's a tang. Is your mouth just salivating? Oh, yeah. 
There's this sweet tart thing going on now. You got this tang, the sweet. The, you got all these, you know, spices and narcotics that Sam stuck in the beer. <laughs> it, it's it's kind of reminiscent of Rodenbach with maple syrup. Yeah, right. It, it it's got you know that that acidity and. Soft cherry, not hard cherry, but sort of soft mm-hmm. cherry flavor of a roadblock with, with a bit of extra sweetness. There's, along. there's a, the maple syrup carries through rather well. It's not like your traditional what I've got used to thinking of fermented maple syrup tastes mm-hmm. like. Did you say smoked maple syrup too, or something like that? When you're reading off the ingredients, uh, I said you said smoked something, smoked dark dark syrup. Yeah. Okay. I'm not sure if I picked that out directly, but I did pick out a distinct syrup maple syrup flavor, which was. Not expected because when things ferment, when sugary liquids ferment, they they usually change in how the you're, how you taste them. They don't taste like the unfermented counterpart or the the source ingredient. And this has a very syrupy flavor to it, along with that awesome sour cherry tang sweet tart thing. Yeah. So not yeah, they call it a gruis, so and not technically a beer. Does it have any hops in the ingredients list? Um, does they don't say any hops, no. So, actually, you know, for it to be legally sold in the, I think, the United States as as a beer, you know, in beer outlets, uh-huh. I think you have to at least pretend there's hops in the beer. <laughs> now, whether they actually added some, but they had to tell somebody somewhere that there was hops in the beer. Even if it was an import? I I think it would have to be sold at the liquor store or something. Or at least in Pennsylvania it would have to be sold at the liquor store if not. Maybe it's a Pennsylvania thing. Well, it does say ale. Right. So, like, for example, um, Beaver Brewing, when they made their kvass, he added a token amount of hops just so there was hops in the beer. Mm. Like, you know, a pellet. You know, to follow the the line of the law. Now, I'm drawing a blank right now. I, maybe that's just Pennsylvania and their crazy, crazy laws and where you can sell the stuff. I'm not sure all of a sudden. So if you just take a leaf off of a fresh hop and throw it in there, would that count? I yeah, I think so. There's a definition somewhere of what beer is. And it has to have a hop in it. <laughs> there is a hop. <laughs> Maybe even triple. Triple hot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Mm. It's pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. I don't want to talk this beer up so much because now I can get it. Yeah. Unless it's in your cellar, but that's right. like maybe one person, but probably not. Yeah. Oh. It's, it's like, uh, you know, it, it's like talking up sex with a supermodel, right? It's like, oh, it was great. Yeah, and everyone's like, okay. It is, but, you know, on on the, on the other hand, it's uh, the best beer I've had in 2012. 2012 is not that old. That's why I've been able to say that. I, I, <laughs> I'd have to really scour my brain about if it was the best beer I've had in 2011 and 2012. It's, in the, it's up there. This is... Good. It's pretty damn it's 
really pretty good. Pretty damn good. So instead of let's just going on and on about how pretty damn good this is, let's uh, let's rank the barley wines. All right. Because I think everyone knows that a wild beer is going to top yes. the list. So we got three barley wines here. We got the Bohemoth, the Behemoth, because I like to say Bohemoth, the uh, Doggy Claws from Flying Dog. No, not Flying Dog. Hair of the Dog. <laughs> and Simpatico from Cerveceria in Terrace. Go, Jeff. Oh, uh, yeah. Flying Dog. No. No. Why did I even say Flying Dog? I have, I, no, I have. You know, we should get some uh, Horn Dog out. I got some Horn Dog in the cellar. <laughs> Do it. I got it on the brain. I, got, I saw three bottles in there earlier. Not cold, though. Mm Let's let's just wrap this up. Let's All not right. drag it out. Uh, number one barley wine will be the Behemoth. We talked about how superb the balance was on that. It was it was really an exceptional deployment of of bitterness to mount the hops. Uh, number two, I'm going to put the Doggy Claws from uh, Hair of the Dog. It was not flawless. Um, I don't know if the carbonation leaked out from under the cap over the last five years. Or what, but you know, if a little bit of carbonation could have gone a long way on that beer. And then number three, the Argentine beer, uh, it was pretty good, uh, you know, better than what you might think. You know, barley wine from Argentina, you're not gonna, not gonna be world class, but no, it was enjoyable and enjoyable in some unique ways. Yeah, I, uh, I agree. I have nothing that you know, nothing really to add about that. That's pretty much essentially my thing. The, the, the thing I would say is the doggy claws. To me, there was a little bit of a weird turtle flavor. Turtle flavor, but that's not going to affect everybody. <laughs> Only so, if you cleaned a turtle tank, right? Up. Oh. Or a fish tank. See, I've cleaned fish tanks. I know what this that smell is. I, I wasn't picking that up, but you know, you had a much more intimate relationship with tanks. Yes. So you that helped. All right, thank you, everybody. Episode two or three out. Thank you for listening to Craft Beer Radio. If you have questions or comments, you can email us at beer at craftbeerradio.com. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. The opening and closing music is Last Hurrah, the band The Lights Out. You can listen to more of their music at their website, thelightsout.com. Some people get a longer fuse. Some people's shoulders are big enough for the abuse. They never say what you can't hear